How do you measure the level of success of a pirate? By fame? The number of ships they conquered? Or the amount of treasure they pillaged? If so, this man could be considered the most successful pirate in history. Today, we discuss the life of the infamous pirate Henry Every. You're listening to Casual History. Jacob, hello! Welcome back to Casual History. I know it's good to be back. It's good to be back. It's been yeah. way too long. It has. So, um, just off the top, yeah. for those who didn't check our Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, I think we posted it there. Yeah. Um, we had to take the five minute history off. We didn't have time to make a five minute history, mainly because we're both in the process of moving to different places. Yeah. And so it's been a bit of a jumble between internet and then finding time. Uh, and then resetting up the gear. So we're kind of running it as a skeleton crew. Heh. <laughs> 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 I like it with today's subject. <laughs> we're kind of running a skeleton crew gear-wise um, for this podcast. That's right. But we're making it work. Um, and then hopefully by this coming next weekend, by next Sunday. Um, we'll have some sort of a setup. Yeah, good setup. setup. Yeah, yeah, official setup. Um, I have plans of maybe possibly having like a... We've discussed, haven't we? Yes. Jake? Like chime in like here. Like <laughs> furthering, like furthering uh, our podcast as far as like like making it visual and doing things like that. Yeah, maybe yeah. we show our faces. Maybe, maybe. this goes if directly get, if to YouTube. We get YouTube. a little studio, little corner area that looks like you know video worthy. I think it'd be really good. Yeah, I would like to have this um, immediately pushed to YouTube. Yeah, like me that too. would be. I think that'd be nice. Where it's just live and we're just talking. I mean, that's yeah. what these are. I mean, these are very like off the cuff, right? Already, it'd be perfect. Which maybe we could do a live thing uh, if we got it. I don't. I don't know. We'll have we to figure that out. Could. I listen to a bunch of podcasts that have um, that they record it live then and there, and then they post it the next day. That makes sense. Yeah, so people can watch the live version and already listen to it, or wait for the podcast version. Yeah, but yeah, we'd love to do that. Yeah, the only. Um, I guess we'll see. But today, um, it was my turn this week. Um, mm-hmm. As if you've been following for the last couple, you kind of know we switch on and off. Yeah. If you're new here, though, uh, I just we haven't mentioned that in a while. How we run this podcast, the idea started for with basically we both wanted to learn more about history yeah. and things we didn't know. So the fun way to do that for us was Jacob would take a week to learn something or present something at every sun every, on his Sunday's podcast. And then I'd grab the next week. Yeah. Um, so that way we're like explaining it to each other and helping each other learn it uh, by us doing it. So, yeah. And we yeah. try to regurgitate as best we can. And then we do find out new new things when we just discuss it. Which All is the fun. time. So, this whole podcast. I've learned so much already. Yeah. We're like episode 35, I think. Yeah. 36, we're cruising. Somewhere around there. That's why the show must go on, Jeffrey. The show yeah. must go on. The show must no go on. No matter what's happening, you know? <laughs> That's right. Well, I have a good one, I hope, today. A good story. Of course, because uh, you know how much I like pirates. So, right. So, uh, for those who also aren't familiar, we did a previous podcast on Captain Blackbeard. Yeah, that was a fun one. That's such a good one. Um, we did. He was a crazy guy, crazy pirate with a movie-worthy story that we got right. into. And Henry Every and um, Blackbeard are a part of uh, you know, the kind of band of pirates that were uh, 
lived in infamy. And Henry Every, if you heard of Captain Blackbeard, most likely you heard of Henry Every. Mm. If you haven't, um, essentially he's crowned the King of Pirates. And today we're going to get into why. Okay. Because he's got a really interesting story. And it's, it's, uh, I thought it was fun. I, I, I wanted to get back into this world. Yeah. Um, I know I, we had a few people, didn't we, that said, hey, more pirate podcasts. Yeah, so. exactly. So I was like, all right, so more pirate podcasts. But honestly, when you pull up the name, uh, Jeffrey likes to like pull up a, a picture or some sort of reference before we start. A visual and reference. Just on his computer, just alone. He's got a picture of him and he typed in his name and I was like, I have no idea who this is. Yeah. I've never heard of this name before. Okay. So this is exciting. I, I like this because I like, I like pirates a lot. I think he was actually portrayed in um, the Uncharted 4. Or, oh, Uncharted? Or I think so. This is the photo I pulled up. Okay, um, that's cool. It's, it shows Uncharted 4 at the bottom. I don't play Uncharted 4, but he if you like do. looks like a badass in that photo. Yeah, maybe you know of him. Um, yeah, he's, just a, he's a pirate. So... The main reason, so we can get into, let's get into just why he's King of Pirates, some facts there, or like the overall general view, and then we'll get into his life and kind of what led to it. So basically, though, he was responsible for the single most profitable pirate raid ever recorded. Okay. Okay. So. Made the most money. Yeah. Check. uh, It was one score that netted himself and his crew around $600,000 each. That's Back into, in that yes that, that day's time yes or money sorry go um, the in gold currency. and jewels wow uh, so it was just like a mix of yeah of so it was like hitting sixty mil and just being like all right there you go <laughs> right but the other thing the reason why it kind of of course that's like a huge enough that's a huge score yeah but also was so large that it resulted in what many consider to be the first global manhunt oh to get him and uh-huh. his money in history. Oh, so, wow. as Henry Every became the most wanted man on the planet, um, because of how rich his fuck you was, yeah, and the, how yeah. like the the kind of who he pulled it off against, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, he just accomplished something that was also unheard of in this fact was that in his line of work, piracy, right? You either get the gallows or you die at sea, right? That's kind right. of and it's a short lived most times, you know, short lived mm-hmm. career, um. But, but with money, there's one thing you can that grease people's feet, you know, people's <laughs> hands. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's one thing that differentiated him from to, to make him King of Pirates. Not only did he do all those things that I just said, um, he managed to get away with it. Yeah, he managed to disappear. So we'll get into that. He never got caught with all that money. There's, there's no record of what happened after. But we're gonna get really? into all of this story. Okay, but perfect. it was really interesting that the reason why he's dubbed King of Pirates is, I mean, if you're a pirate. And you normally have an ending, right? Blackbeard had a balls-to-the-wall ending. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The reason that he became who Blackbeard, how we know Blackbeard. Sure. This guy was known because he did something so big and then got away with it. Right. And that was like, well, how, how much better can you be as a pirate? It became the standard for everybody else going, I want to do that. Well, that guy was the best. You know? I want to I score big and then like retire somewhere. He's the Michael Jordan of pirates, you know? Nice. He did it and he... But you can't just tease... You just can't tease to me uh, who he did it against and not say it, so... Oh, yeah. Well, okay. We'll get, we'll get there. We're <laughs> yeah. definitely going to get there. Um, Gotta know who, how he stole uh, so much money. Right. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. So, basically, his early life... We know we talked about this again. I'm going to keep referencing it. I'll maybe reference it once or twice. Like we talked about in the Blackbeard podcast. Um, but as is the case with Henry Every as well, 
Um, there's not a lot of credible sources on the early life right. of Henry. Um, sometimes he spelled his name Avery, A-V-E-R-Y, instead of Avery, like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he also went by a few other names as well throughout his career, like uh, Benjamin uh, Bridgeman, <laughs> Long Ben, and John Avery, which I just said. But, okay. um, Long which, John Silver? No. Right. No, he's not Long John Silver. <laughs> Again, maybe that's another one. Is that into. is that a real pirate? <laughs> I, I don't, don't even know. know. I just know the food restaurant. I... <laughs> yeah, way to bring up food. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, now I'm Sorry. Um, but basically, John Avery was believed to be the f- name of his father. Okay. Um, he was born most likely between 1653 and 1659, depending on the source, near the English sit- uh, port city of Plymouth in the county mm-hmm. of Devon. His parents were probably, this is again speculation off of stories, were probably John and Anne Every, um, which is known people to some historians. Um, they've also speculated that they may have been connected to the prominent Every family, which owned a lot of land in Devon and had a branch that became baronets. Oh, so a little so already a rich family, prestigious family, a little bit. It could could be again. It's kind of un, unknown. Yeah, it's hazy. But that's the rough outline we have. Um, it's said Henry Every took to the sea from a young age. Serving on both merchant si- merchant si- ships, excuse me, um, <laughs> and then also um, royal navy ships. And then, according to one account, every was a part of the English fleet that bombarded Algiers in 1671. Okay, so it was a part of war, actually naval mm-hmm. uh, warfare. Which you know we kind of discussed before, but we can go over again. You know, most of these guys who did piracy mm-hmm. came from that life, and then when that's all you have, and that ends. That's, yeah, that was their skills. Your skilled trade is on the water, and so what else do you do? You find a ship and you yeah, become a way a to make money using those skills. Right. Um, he served as the captain of a logwood freighter in the Bay of Campish in the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then he also traveled to the Caribbean for a while, where he operated as a buccaneer. Um, okay. Which, yeah, well, he just said, there. So that's him traveling into the piracy part, right? Immediately. Right, um, but which is but they're mainly crew for hire. Remember, they started off as buccaneers. Oh, started off as crew for hire, right. but they were just known as to be like badass. They were the best of the best fighters. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of a few of his uh little, I don't know, travels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So, but to better understand of it, so we get the, all these accounts from the same book as Blackbeard, which is the life and adventures of Captain John Avery. Oh no, sorry. Um. The Life of Pirates uh, by Johnson um, Smith or whatever his pseudonym was. Mm-hmm. We don't know who wrote it. But we get the same accounts from that book as we do from Blackbeard. Interesting. Um, but we do so have... this man knew both. Enough references to write about them, obviously. Right. Um, these are... We have those stories, like where he traveled to from, uh, where, to and fro, uh, from a contemporary book called The Life and Adventures of Captain John Avery, which was published in 1709. Um, it was written by Adrian von Brock, which was a pseudonym of a man who claimed he was a captive of Every during his pirating days. Oh. But uh, there's no real evidence to corroborate his tales. And because of that, the book is largely dismissed as a work of fiction. Mm. Um, but again, you don't know. You, you don't know? know, pirates have images and, you know, who knows? Uh, with the occasional truth is what it's kind of speculated. Right. Um, but we do get a better understanding of Every's career after the breakout of the Nine Years' War in 1688. It was fought between France 
on one side and pretty much all of the other European powers on the other side, who formed a co- coalition known as the Grand Alliance. Did you know that? You just learned something new, didn't you, Jacob? I know you're yawning right now because you're just so enthralled. I'm so enthralled. <laughs> you have no idea. No, I had never even heard of the Nine-Year War. Yeah. So, so I didn't know. Wait, so it's just France against everybody? Basically. Wow. <laughs> Versus European coalition. Doesn't sound like much of a war. Coalition. Um, well, well, it lasted nine years. Nine I mean, dude, made it one. Yeah. Um, we first hear of Every when he was in his early 30s, serving as a midshipman aboard the 64-gun ship HMS Rupert. Okay. Um, records also seem to indicate that he already had a family at this point, uh, and oh. he, he was sending most of his wages back home. Wow, so, that was, so a good guy. Right? You know, they all start off this way. I sure hope he continued to send his wages back home when he scored 600 mil. I actually, you know what, that's a good point. I don't even, yeah, we'll get into it, but you um, In 1689, mm-hmm. the HMS Rupert then played an important role, excuse me, in capturing a French convoy off the coast of the port city of Brest. Um, so following this success, which was a big one at the time, most officers aboard the warships received promotions, including Every, who became a master's mate, which I looked into what that meant. Yeah, what does that mean? It's a title that doesn't exist anymore. Okay. But basically, it's you're kind of the assistant. So a petty officer rated as an assistant to the master of a warship. Okay. So, so assistant a, to the regional manager is what you're yes. trying to <laughs> He's Dwight Schrute in this situation. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, only if the captain, you know, goes right. down does he get promoted. Of course. Which is the next point here. So it's most likely that the captain of the ship took every with him the following year when he was put in charge of a larger, deadlier 90-gun ship called HMS Abel. Oh, damn. Can you imagine? By the way, when I picture a 90-gun ship, (laughs) I I think of Pirates of the Caribbean, but those things are massive. I don't know if you've seen a photo. Have you? Oh, no, of the actual ships themselves? No, you should pull it up. I will pull. We should attach that to our Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, legit. I Um, I haven't seen a, a full picture of these. Let me pull one up just for your viewing. Yes, please. Uh, 90 gun ship. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, look at those things. Because wow. uh, the theories are that like those cannons really didn't do um, direct damage. It was literally like splintering of wood and stuff that killed a lot of people whenever they would fight with cannons. You needed more chances, you know? What? You needed more chances. So the better, the you put 90 on a ship on one side. Well, yeah. Yeah. You fire all at once if you have coordination all on one side. There might be half that on one side. You're talking about 40 cannonballs coming at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it hits any sort of wood that's close to you, splinters come straight at you. Like, who knows? And as we discussed in the other podcast, you know, we, we I know we talked about this, but most ships did not go down by cannon fire. Oh, like, no, they, they didn't, didn't sink. It was mainly by boarding. Like, you had to board, and then they'd set, set at a blaze. Yep. <laughs> they'd yeah. Try the to actual pillage. cannon fire wasn't what brought ships down, which is what movies like to portray. Right, is that cannons do most of the damage, and it was just what was it just meant to like maim and kind of, uh, in some ways, just stop De- debilitate. You know, you take yeah. down the mast, you slow them down, you get rid of the rudders, whatever it is right. to slow it so you can board. That was really the use. Yep. And of course, I guess if you could sink the ship, but they were if you were pirates, you wanted to capture the ship because you wanted the gold, you wanted the loot, right? You wanted their supplies that they had. So just sinking a ship. For no reason. Again, Captain Blackbeard did it because intimidation. He gave no fucks. Well, he would do it as like, you know, we've talked about this. He yeah. would do it as intimidation. It For was sure. used as a persona thing. So it didn't make sense to just sink your, your booty. 
<laughs> you know, you know, yes. your treasure into the ocean when that's yeah, what you exactly, want. Exactly, because there's still value there, right? Like because if it's holding uh stuff that you want to keep, then you could just literally just commandeer the ship mm-hmm. and uh use that as a vessel. You don't have to transport that onto yours, you don't have to add extra weight. And then possibly add it to your fleet if right. you you know could Exactly. So but Blackbeard would do it just to just so people knew that like he gave no fucks. Like he doesn't care. Yeah. Uh about anything that's on this ship. He just wants you to die, basically. He wanted one out of the five, so that way the other four would yeah, surrender. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, Smart tactic. Um, I know we're talking about every, but we always go back to Blackbeard. Of course. Um, so yeah, that's a fun little uh, view of a 90-gun ship, which we'll put up on our um, uh, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. But back to uh, Every, Henry Every. So once he... Um, basically joined with his previous captain we kind of took him to this larger deadlier 90 gunship called the hms abel um if this is true which is speculated it is then it's also likely that every participated in the battle of beachyhead on july 10th 1690 which okay. ended up being a horrible uh crushing defeat <laughs> oh. for the english oh okay um which at this point people got discharged so he was then discharged from the royal navy the following oh, month. In disgrace. Right. And afterwards, it appears that Henry Every joined the slave trade for a few years. Mm. Um, it's kind of uh, vague of what happens in the next little bit. There's no real evidence of what happens. But sure. that's what's speculated because um, it's really poorly documented. Um, and we don't know what to what to what capacity. But that's kind of, that was his wartime. That's, he was in his 30s. He had a family supposedly back home. But that's what happened to lead him to unemployment. Dang, what a, uh, in your 30s, what a time to become a pirate, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, <laughs> again, I don't know what the median age uh, of living back then, but, like, you're you're up there, you got a family. Like, that's not, like, super young, especially in those times, I would assume. Those... Yeah, there's a lot that can get you down. Right, so for that to be the moment that you go, you know what, I'm going to be the biggest pirate in history. I don't know, it, it doesn't really talk about his mindset. Uh, more oh, sure. like his kind of achievements and kind of what led to it. I I could never find something on really. I think it's just based on poor doc. Like there's no real documentation. But it also seems like from the context clues that um, situational. Yeah, the situational yeah. led him to a point where um, y- he needed to survive. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? You know, you go unemployed, and you're again. All this guy knew supposedly was working on merchant ships. Worked as a, a right. war officer. And sometimes it comes down to that, right? Yep. I mean, like, it comes down to, I need to survive. And uh, he probably wasn't thinking of, any, thinking of it as, like, he was, um, you know, trying to become the best at that. I think he was just trying to survive. Just having the context clues. Yeah. So then moving forward, so into 1693 is where we're at now. So three years later after that mm-hmm. uh, defeat. Henry Every joined a new venture called the Spanish Expedition Shipping. Okay. So at this time, the West Indies and the Caribbean Sea were split between the Spanish and the French, who were still at war with each other at this time. Mm. But Spain was England's ally. So a group of wealthy London merchants formed this expedition, which consisted of three frigates, um, the flagship being the Charles, Charles II, named after the King of Spain. Right. Um, and their mission was to travel to the Spanish West Indies to trade and supply the Spanish with guns and, more importantly, plunder all the French ships that they met along the way. See, that's, that's, uh, that is the most common theme 
heard about any true real life pirates is that was initially a job mm-hmm. for like for a country. And then uh, when something happens, they just keep doing it. They just don't stop. Well, basically, like that's why what became like that's how you become a pirate. <laughs> yeah, they were they were English privateers under a commission by the Spanish king. Sure, so they were pri- pirates with a fancy name. Pirates with a backing of a country because they're at war, right? And then as soon as you fly under your own flag, and you're like, we don't need to send back ninety uh, percent of our gold to England or Spain. We're just going to do this ourselves. You're a free enterprise. Now you're a pirate. Now yeah. you're... Yeah. Right. As long as you're with a side, as, long, as soon as you turn, or there's no more war, right? right. And then what happens when there's no more war, then bam, you immediately become a pirate. So <laughs> it's just, you know, a fancy yeah. name for pirates, but under the commission yeah. of a side. So that's what he was doing It's called this creating time. your own business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Becoming your own boss. Entrepreneur. Um. So, based on his record and experience at this time, Henry Every was made the first mate of the Charles Second of Charles Second, um, and this seemed like a pretty great gig, right? At first, pretty prestigious, uh, but it quickly went south. So, as one bad thing seemed to happen after another, so when the fleet finally left England, it headed for the Spanish city of Caruna. Um, however, thanks to delays and bad weather. The trip, which was supposed to take two weeks, lasted five months. Oh, dear God. Uh, yeah. And when they finally found themselves in Spain, they had to sit in port for a few more months because the nece- necessary paperwork didn't even arrive in time. Oh, no. So during this time, the men weren't getting paid. Miserable. They were becoming desperate. Yeah, and they were out in, on the open water for yeah. five months instead of a couple of weeks. And upon joining the expedition, they were all told... Uh, we're all given one month's pay in advance, mm-hmm. and then they were promised a guaranteed salary to to be paid every six months once the ships were finally, um, you know, arrived and doing their thing. Right. But, you know, I guess weather happens, the delays happened, and yeah, yeah. So once they don't sh- have your money. <laughs> yep, they don't have the money. Once the ships were finally getting ready to leave for the West Indies, um, the crew demanded their six months' wages before heading out. Right. Well, hell it, yeah. It's been six months. I, I would be demanding my wages. And the request was denied. Oh. <laughs> and unsurprisingly, this endeavor didn't only, go over well. Only had one possible outcome, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of mutiny. Yes. <laughs> um, and according to reports from sailors who stayed behind, Henry Every was one of the driving forces behind the mutiny. Yeah. Um, going from ship to ship and taking. Dude, just looking for a paycheck. This man, just give this man his due. That's right. I mean, come on now. They're just looking for just a paycheck. Treat people right. Yeah, you can't. You can't just string them. <laughs> Even along. back then, you can't do that. You can't string them along when you're the. You know, you're... look what you create. This is how super villains are made. They're made through situations, not by just like straight up choice most of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I think a little if both. anything, the situation plays into the wants already of a man who wants more. You know, maybe the, the, I've... maybe the situation plays into his already like. His, uh, yeah, you're right. Predisposed like, disposition. Yes, sure. <laughs> for power. <laughs> sure, but doesn't say that the situation doesn't bring it to his doorstep. Sure, sure, but sometimes he... I, That's how a super villain yeah, is created. okay, Jake. <laughs> Don't be Dark Knight, uh, the Joker over Where's here. That's the truth. <laughs> Where's um, Harvey Dent? Yeah. So, he was basically the driving force, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. He was the one who was going around from ship to ship and talking to all of the men to persuade them to join his side. Mm. Um, so he inevitably became the leader that way, huh? Yeah. Um, on May 7th, 1964, 
he and dozens of sailors stormed the Charles II um, and took the rest of its crew by surprise before the other ships realized what was happening, um, which was a pretty uh, big deal. Yeah. You know, took him by surprise. So he then took the flagship into open water. So this is after, you know, right. they, they stormed the ship, got out, of, got out of port. And once they were far enough from Spain, the former captain and all of the men who did not want to join were placed in a boat and allowed to go to shore. Mm. So he's like, hey, it's fine, go. Except for the ship's sh- surgeon. So his services were too valuable to let go. Right. As a point of note Sorry, here. you're staying with us. Yeah, sorry, no matter what you do, we need you. Um, the, Henry Every was named the new captain at this time, mm-hmm. and he renamed the ship the Fancy. Ooh. <laughs> the Fancy. Um, and now that Henry Every was a pirate, and he had a ship, and he had a crew, he did one more thing. And that was, where should he head first? Yeah, what's your, like, where do you decide, like, what to do now? Yeah. Right? Like, well, their first idea is like, hey, I haven't been paid in five months. Yeah. Uh, Let's go get paid, boys. Right. So back then, there was a popular sailing route, particularly used by the English, um, dubbed simply the Pirate Round, which mm. targeted the many merchant ships that traveled between North America and Western Europe okay. and then Southern Asia. Um, it started from the Atlantic Ocean and rounded the tip of Africa past the Cape um, and uh, with a stop at Madagascar. So if, if we should probably provide an image for people who are listening sure. when we post this, just kind of give you the sense of where this is happening. Um, and back then, Madagascar was a safe haven for pirates and a great place where crews could resupply and perform ship maintenance. Oh. From there, they could set various destinations, which allowed them to prowl the Indian Ocean looking for targets. Right. Um, Every was actually one of the pirates who popularized this route since it was here that he took the biggest prize of his life. Yeah. And here is where we will take a break. Yeah, of course. And when we get back, we're going to get into the biggest prize ever taken on record from a pirate. Hell yeah. Thank you guys for listening to that amazing ad. Yeah, it sounded really great, didn't it? Wonderful. You should you should definitely support that because that ad supports us. Just listening to it supports exactly. us. Exactly. If there was an ad. If there was an ad. Sometimes there might not be. Sometimes okay. it sounds like we just took a break when we didn't take a break. Right. But we did. <laughs> we talked in between, I promise. We did. <laughs> um, and we're back now. That's right, because I'm demanding to hear the rest of this story because I want to know how much money and who they stole it from, Ooh, Jeffrey. Okay. I need to know. The details. Yeah. Okay, but, but before before we get you into can't. before we before <laughs> how we long get are you gonna into, drag ooh, me along? Oh, we're Jeff. we're close. We're very close. Okay. I promise okay. you, we're very close. All but right. before he gets to that, before Henry Every and his crew of pirates, yes, take the biggest prize ever recorded. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to have some practice runs, right? We, yeah, exactly. So we take little him ships here and, and there. his crew sailing off the coast of Africa. And whether or not they committed any acts of piracy during this trip is, again, another uncertain point. But we can speculate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's not confirmed. It's, you know, can confirm nor deny. So, but according to general history of pirates written in 1724 mm-hmm. by the mysterious Captain Charles Johnson, which, again, is the reference point for Blackbeard, this man knew a lot, Yeah, obviously. I know who I, he It makes was. me think he was someone... Involved. Yeah. Someone. Um, uh, so Henry Every did not take any prizes until reaching Madagascar, supposedly. Okay. And there he had encountered two pirate sloops that quickly ran aground, ships, sorry, um, and ran aground, and when they saw him, so this is when he's arriving up to Madagascar, right? Right. He sees two 
fellow pirate ships who don't recognize him as a pirate ship himself. They think mm-hmm. um, his ship is still under the British crown. Right. And so they flee <laughs> into, <laughs> into the woods, right? Yeah. Um, and so Henry sent an unarmed messenger to talk to the pirates and even volunteered, volunteered to join them himself in order to convince them that his ship was no longer flying the British flag, basically, yeah. right? But this is the key point because eventually once they were sure that he was telling the truth, the other pirates gleefully joined Every because at the time, with the, the large, ship. Yeah, he had it with the large frigate on their side, they could take down much more valuable prizes, right? Of that course. was the thinking. Um, again, man, you band together. So Every had only been a pirate captain for a few weeks at this point, um, but he was already building up a nice fleet for himself. And again, all of this is according to Johnson, uh, as we already discussed in our, like I already, I've talked about a few times. Mm-hmm. It's a big question mark of his identity um, for Johnson, who wrote about all this, even though it's one of the main sources for figures from the golden age of piracy. Um, other sources say that Every was a far more active, was far more active as a pirate right from the start. Um, and allegedly, taking ships. right. And allegedly, his first prize was in fact a triple three English merchant ship um, that he caught at Mayo, one of the islands that formed the Cape Verde. I can't say this word archipelago. Archipel- archipelago. Yep. There yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, near the northwest coast of Africa. I'm so glad you knew that. Yeah, man. I get, I could gather from what you're trying to say. Right. In this report, stating he then continued on to Madagascar after that, but took several more prizes on his way, including two Dutch privateers a French pirate ship, um, which they yielded uh, dozens of men who were willing to join his crew. Nice. So there's two reports. I kind of lean towards the side of, well, if you become a pirate, you're probably going to do pirate things immediately. If it was about money, especially it's if about it's about payday. money, right? Everybody on the ship's crew were probably like, okay, let's go do something. Yeah. We need to do it. Probably didn't wait. He was all sending to money to his family. He didn't have money to send to his family. It's never mentioned anymore what, what happened to his family. Who knows what happens? Interesting. When you take on the sea life, Jake, probably got mistresses and I mean, maybe. Everywhere. Well, that's assumptions. <laughs> How dare you besperse his name, this I mean, good pirate? I mean, come um, on. <laughs> I don't know. You're at sea. I, don't, I just feel like, uh, you know, Tortuga, <laughs> uh, Madagascar. Yeah. You can talk about Tortuga? Yeah. <laughs> talk about Tortuga. So that's the second conflicting report to the he didn't do anything until he reached madagascar and right. found those two which ships. just seems unlikely to me because that's that's the whole point why the mutiny happened right. right like i'm sure he had ulterior motives because he wanted to be a captain right but the man also uh played off people's need to get paid and so what do you do to gain the trust of your men immediately you get them paid get them paid yeah makes sense um and so here we go so moving forward to 1695 Henry set his sights on a very ambitious target, perhaps the most ambitious, okay. but also the most rewarding. It was a target sailing the Indian Ocean at the time, and it was a ship sailing with the Grand Mogul Fleet. So, okay. during the 17th century, most of the Indian subcontinent, meaning most of India, uh, parts of Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Bangladesh, were part of the Mughal, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, again, it's M-U-G-H-A-L, mm-hmm. Mughal Empire. So it was part of this big empire, right? Um, in he- Henry's time, this land was ruled by an emperor named Aurangzeb. <laughs> and every year, the em- empire formed a fleet to escort Muslim worshippers who went on the pilgrimage to Mecca called the Hajj. Right. Okay? So in Henry's time, this land was, uh, like I said, was ruled by that person. But in 1695... Still holy, holy gold here. <laughs> in 1695, that convoy consisted of 25 ships. 
But they were not just carrying pro- pilgrims. They also included merchant ships. Yeah. And they were filled to the brim with gold and treasures. So he's stealing from this whole huge empire, right? At the time, they were right. They had all of these It's ships. multiple countries together. Yes, exactly. It was a whole In thing. In a coalition. Mm-hmm. Correct. Which is like a big no-no because you're going out to 25 ships, right? It's There's warships in there. You're there's, also pissing off more than just one person. You're pissing off uh-huh. five or six at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it was filled with golden treasures, though. So it, it yeah, lured well, yeah, them in. of course. And again, among the biggest prize was the Ganj Isawi. Sawi? Yes. <laughs> S-A-W-A-I. You know what I'm saying. Exactly. Meaning, uh, <laughs> it mean, meaning exceeding treasure. Uh, it was a type of Indian trading ship called uh, Ganjo Dao. And in September, it left the port of Mocha and was turning to Surat in India. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he knew, even knew of the dates when the fleet left port. It's not clear. Um, he could have gotten a tip or maybe it was a widely available information since it was a, 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 a big enough danger that pilgrimage. kept people away. Yeah, it was an annual pilgrimage, right? And right. it was a big enough, like, you're taking a huge amount of ships out there, right, with warships, protection. Yeah. You're thinking you're probably okay, right? Um, and right. either way, he realized that even just one of the merchant ships would make for the biggest prize of his life. Right. right? Just one. Um, but he couldn't do it alone. So here's we get into a fun part, right? Okay. So not only were the merchant vessels armed, but they also had warships, like I said, mm-hmm. escorting them. And since they were traveling in dangerous waters, Henry Every needed help. And he got it from five other pirate captains. Did he really? This is what we call the Pirate Avengers. Oh, shit. <laughs> Who all wanted in on the action, right? Oh, yeah, dude. This is the biggest heist in history. Uh-huh. Like, it's pretty great. If we all split it, that's, yeah, that's big money, boys. We're all going to be rich, right? It yeah, then you the can scene, steal it from everybody else. It reminds me of the <laughs> scene um, from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, man. Remember it's, all the it's, Pirates yeah, Bay? It's, and the, they had the, it's the council, the uh-huh. Pirate Council. And so this consisted of, I'm going to name off the other uh, pirates. So they were yeah. Thomas Two, who sailed aboard the Amity. Thomas Wake, who captained the Susanna. Joseph Farrow of the Portsmouth. Um, Richard Want of the Dolphin. And mm. William Mays aboard the Pearl. Ooh. I don't know if it's the Black Pearl, but it said the Pearl. <laughs> Probably not the Black Pearl. <laughs> it made but, me excited, though. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, just like, I just like this idea of a ragtag group of uh, pirates being the Avengers. They're like, all right, guys, what do we like, got to do? Like, all right, you're the Hulk. This is the biggest. I'm Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're Captain America. We're about to go crush in some. Realistically, though, um, apart from Every at this time, only Thomas, too, was already a notable pirate in his own right. Okay. So the others were kind of unknownish, but they were known, but you know, the only real other known pirates at this time, because every had a name at this point, a few mm-hmm. years in, and then it was Thomas too. Um, the others wanted Thomas actually in charge of the pirate group as he was the most experienced at the group, uh, captain. Right. But every eventually won over, um, everyone. And mainly because he had the biggest and most powerful ship. Um, right. Again, man, when your <laughs> your ship's big, you kind of get what you want, you know. Yeah, is that is that life? If your ship's big, you get what you want. I guess so in the pirate world. Um, <laughs> We're not gonna go there. Let's in, keep going. In August of 1695. Yeah, the pirates met the pirate council in at, Tortuga. Um, Where are they? At? Where it at? was uh, the Mandibel Strait. Do you know Ooh. what I'm the, what I'm talking about? There? I don't, but it sounds ominous. Uh, it connects like it. the Red Sea to the Gulf. Oh, okay. Um, and waited, and they here they waited for the Grand Mughal fleet to pass through. 
Okay, so not to stop you, yeah, but it sounds like this. It sounds very like again, just to state the obvious. Um, it sounds like I don't think this is something he would probably have to like find out on his own, right? This is an annual pilgrimage, as well as it was probably so dangerous that no one even thought about it alone. Yeah, because pirates are they're relatively alone. You would assume. Right, they're pretty like you know, to their like own picking devices. Off the weak, yeah, or the lonesome, or the exactly. stranded. So it was more of just like you don't touch that because we we die. Yeah, but it also not you, that it was like it wasn't like a, a a idea in their minds. But so as soon as they were like, well, the only way we can do it is if we get a whole bunch of people together mm-hmm. and take down the entire thing. Yeah, that, I just think that's such a cool like. Yeah, yeah. So. But like, I don't think he would have moment, to. Right, Jake? You just you just had a heartfelt moment. For I just the don't think. I just don't think uh, he would have to find out. Like, what days are they leaving port? I think they were probably that confident that they could take on any any one pirate that's going to try to come up and oh, snag no. somebody. Yeah, yeah if you're they were about... just like, we're just sailing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we have warships to protect us. We're all good to go. Like, yeah, no one it, will dare oppose us. It was probably a known again. It was it's a consistent thing. It was like mm-hmm. an annual thing. So yeah, yeah. they probably had the same route or two, or yeah. whatever they took. So and again, yes, uh, like what we found out, what I found out is most times, uh, you captured the depending on how big your fleet was as a pirate. Again, how big your ship was. Sure, um, you didn't take on the Royal Navy. You know, and if you did, it was considered a huge win. Like Blackbeard when he took on. Right, uh, like the British uh, naval fleet in one, that was like an unheard of thing. Right, you're, you're, you take merchant ships, you take the kind you take of, the stragglers, the ships that go off on their own into dangerous territories where you can snag them out. Uh, less protection, the better. Yes, so if there's only one exactly. warship protecting a merchant ship, you know you could that's you could probably you go do after. that. Yeah, yeah. So this was a big deal, um, and it's unclear uh, at this point. Um, again, I talked about the council, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone got together. Um, but they didn't know it, what's unsure is whether they met each other previously to know this was the spot to go to. Um, but basically they all were here at the same time with the same intentions. Um, and they decided that six ships were better than one. Of course. Of course. Um, and either way in September, it's September, the Mogul convoy passed through these waters and the pirates then gave chase. Okay. So when the Mogul ship, uh, uh, saw the pirates, they began dispersing, right? Like, mm-hmm. as the biggest ship in the fleet immediately fell behind, um, as it did its escort, the smaller father, Muhammad, that's what they called it, uh, it became clear quite soon that some of the pirate ships weren't even ready for the oh, ambitious no. raid, right? Um, yeah. Just because, like, all right, ships are... Dip- like, they have a plan. They They're ready for s- small pirates trying to jump them. If anything, they had a plan, right? Right. So they... Uh, the dolphin, so we're just going to start here. The dolphin proved almost useless. Oh, wow. <laughs> immediately, as it was too slow to even keep up with the rest of the ships. Mm. Um, so, again, it's like, it's like they're dropping like flies here, right? So, yeah. eventually, most of the men abandoned ship at this, like, with the dolphin and get, went over to join every on the fancy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, all right, scramble. Get on. We need to, we need, this is yeah. too slow. Um, and meanwhile, Thomas too, the other kind of reputable pirate, and Amity engaged in a fight at the time with the fatter Muhammad, mm-hmm. um, uh, which had disastrous consequences for the pirates. Oh, no. <laughs> so, two was killed by a cannon shot that allegedly made a giant hole through his stomach. Oh, shit. Like, imagine a cannon A direct shot hit. from a cannonball. Whew. 
Oh my god! And this horrified the rest of the men of his crew. Uh, yeah, time to go home, guys. We we fucked up. They immediately <laughs> surrendered and gave up the chase. Uh, yeah, yeah, two yeah. down, three left. Yeah, good lord. <laughs> Lastly, the Susan also struggled to maintain the speed of the other vessels and was only present at certain points of the raid, which the raid lasted over a week. Oh wow! So it was like a catch and go, catch and go, catch and go thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, still damaged from its engagement with the Amity. The mogul ship surrendered, and it alone contained enough plunder to make the raid a success. Henry, however, wasn't was not, satisfied. Was not going, no. And he wanted no. to get his hands on the, the big whale within the... the yes. I, the name is a long name, and I don't want to say it and mess it up. It's, <laughs> there was a big whale ship, basically. Yeah. Whale ship meaning just all where the all the loot was. Uh, excuse me. Um, the gold ship, the gold right. boy. So a few days later, after they did capture that smaller ship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on September the 7th, he managed to catch up to the trading ship he was after. Okay. At that point, only the Fancy and the Portsmouth Adventure and the Pearl were still combat worthy. So only three out of the five now. Right. Um, or no, six. Sorry. Three out of the six now were combat worthy. On the other side, the Mogul vessel was armed with do- dozens of cannons and 400 riflemen. Yeah. The odds appeared to be in favor of the Mogul uh, ship, uh, but every had no intention of backing down. Not now. <laughs> yeah. And the same cannot be said for Joseph Farrow, uh, though, aboard the Portsmouth, um, who decided, eh, this Run doesn't away. look too good. Run away. What's, what's that? <laughs> yeah. yep. um, Just immediately go Monty Python. <laughs> yeah. He, and time to go. He decided not to engage once he saw what they were up against. Yeah. He was like, two yeah. died from a gun. I mean, my God, a cannonball went through this man. Too rich for my blood. That's yeah. what he said. It's been too long. You don't <laughs> got him. Though, Every was fortunate. Um, he had luck on his side. Mm-hmm. So during the fight, one of his first cannon volleys, destroyed the ship's main mast, Ooh. leaving the vessel slow and vulnerable, right? Right. Uh, more importantly, though, one of the Mughal ship's cannons malfunctioned and exploded oh, on the ship. Well, that's... Killing its gunners and setting the deck on fire. Oh, shit. So, so just on a silver lucky. platter. Lucky, right? Causing yeah. a lot of panic and confusion. And during this point, the pirates seized the opportunity and opened fire from all uh, sides. Yeah, of course. Just, just fire away. Take right? the sucker down. <laughs> yeah, all sides. Um, and then a- after successfully boarding uh, and overpowering the crew, um, for, uh, they basically overran the crew. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the, that's the one, two, three, bam. It right. happened, happened, happened. Um, and from an Indian perspective, right, the historian Kathy Khan blamed the defeat on the captain of the Gongus, which is the, the name of the ship. The name of the ship that had all the gold. Right. Uh, besides his incompetence, this is what it said, he also acted cowardly at one point, allegedly running below the decks to the slave girls and telling them to get up there and fight for him. Oh, no. Um, Khan also reported that what followed was far more gruesome than the fight itself, as the pirates subjected the people aboard the ship's days of torture uh, and murder with many other things. Um, oh, God. With many of them committing suicide by jumping overboard to escape the horrifying acts. Oh. So uh, it was a pretty horrific ordeal all around, yeah. right? Um, and after days of barbarity, it's said that the pirates were ready to leave with their spoils. The exact value of the loot is difficult to estimate, but it was somewhere between 325,000 pounds and 600,000 pounds, plus another 50,000 pounds from the previous ship. Okay. Um, and this would mean over $100 million in modern currency. Yeah. But again, this is just, you know, it's a, an estimate of from what wow. we know. 
Um, and the point being that one share represented more money than any sailor made in a lifetime. Yeah. More than enough for them to retire. Oh, my God. More than <laughs> retired money. That's, yeah. Oh, my God. That's, uh, that's like run away, never do another thing again money. But pirates are going to be pirates, Jake. I, that seems dumb. Because you know why? Why? We arrive at another contentious point. What? Well, when you're a bunch of pirates and you have one loot to share. Oh, <laughs> and it's the biggest in history. You're like, you'll do anything. Well, how about we just uh, here we, here get we rid of everybody else and I get a bigger share? There was no participation trophies in piracy. Mm. And although six ships started out, oh. only two had actually fought the last ship and that's, were titled to any of its oh, riches, right. right? Oh, God, yeah. So we have one account of what happened courtesy of Charles Johnson. Oh, my God. He said that a- Every betrayed the other pirate ship yeah. and sailed away with the entire loot. Yeah. He convinced them that the safest place to store it right, was uh, in the cargo hold of the Fancy. It's the biggest ship, the most protection. Yep. We can keep it safe. Yes. And once... They did load it on there. Um, him and his crew just literally just like sayonara, bitches, under the cover of nightfall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's piracy right there, boys. Um, according to sources, there was a heated argument between the crews of the fa- uh, Fantasy and the Pearl after the former accused the latter of trying to cheat them by clipping coins. So, what led it to be on the Fancy was the other two ships were um, bickering of. You're trying, you're clipping, you know. Clipping. I don't trust you. You don't trust you. And the fancy's like, hey, listen, guys, just store it over here. Do you know what clipping was? No. We've talked about it in a previous podcast. So, what they would what do is that? they'd take these coins, they'd clip off the edges. Oh. So, it's just a, a fraction smaller, but the excess gold that you would get from that, you'd be able to melt down into another coin. Uh, so, you could make it double or a, a third more treasure if you clipped. Got it. And so, the two ships are fighting, saying, hey, you're clipping our loot. You know, mine, that's going to be over here, and you're taking more for yourself, and there's bickering. Right. Led to it being on the fancy. Right, because he was the middle party. He was like, guys, guys, you both are both fighting. I got this. I'll keep it safe for you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I got it. So, as punishment, every every confiscated the treasure, right, owed to the pearl, <laughs> and instead only provided them with a the modest sum of to cover supplies. So, the person, the ship that was clipping, right, and there's mm-hmm. an argument, um, he only gave them the modest sum to cover supplies and repairs. And once news started to spread about the attack, to say that it caused uh, a commotion and an uproar around the world would be an understatement of the century. Yeah. So that's the line I saw, and I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Emperor, um, I'm not going to say his name correct, so the Emperor of the time of the Mughal ship, right, who was running all this. No joke, this is a holy, this was a holy thing. This is a religious thing. Yeah, all of that. Uh, So stealing that is, yeah. Send him into a rage. Yeah. So once he learned about his treasure being stolen, um, also uh, to mention about the department of the pilgrims returning from Mecca, um, the em- emperor immediately placed the English and the Surat under arrest and closed down factories which belonged to the East India Trading Company with the intention of completely severing trade ties with England. Oh. That's how big this was. This was such a betrayal because in his mind, it's English pirates. They thought the ship. English uh, took this sacred gold to them. Or the ship to them and all this yeah. like stuff. And, and so yeah. eventually there came a point wow. uh, in history. So eventually uh, the East India Trading Company became the largest private company in the world, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we, we know it that today. Um, and in the world, and at, when they were at their height of power, they had a private army basically much larger than that of Great Britain, right. which it was used to rule over India for a century. But that point, however, it was still 60 years away. 
right? Mm-hmm. So when the emperor did this, they were at the mercy of the emperor, like this yes. mogul emperor. Um, so when he's like, you're, you're done, this is horrible, we're right? No what happened? working with you guys. Yeah, so they promised to cover all of the financial losses caused by the raid. Oh, dear God. And they placed a 500-pound bounty on Every's head, which was later doubled to 1,000 pounds, which was unheard of at the time. Yeah. Um, and it also came with a free pardon to any pirate who turned him in. Oh. So betray or betray or betrayed, uh, get betrayed, sorry. So that crew um, is, uh, loyalties are tested right now. Yeah, but the thing is, if you each of your crew had $600,000 worth of money at that ta- time, right, which what's is more the than point? enough, what's the point of a thousand? Like, you know, you're fine. You're doing well. But you're, you get to be, be free. And it's kind of like, uh, you, <laughs> you know. You keep that money and then you get to be free and you get more money. <laughs> you know, Ocean's Eleven. You've seen Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> yes, I have. If anybody's watched Ocean's Eleven out there. Um, right. So when everyone has their own money, they're all going to go different places, kind of do different things. Right. Sure. So, um, so we'll get to that. So, but the pirates, um, right. This is, he became the most wanted man on the planet. That's sure. essentially what happened here. Yeah. Right. Everyone was like, this is, you know, it Hunt affected, it affected, uh, em- like it affected the country roots of countries. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. just like, this Oh, one, it's a pirate. This one take. No. Yeah. This one take one. <laughs> Um, so he became the most wanted man of the planet. Right. And the pirates might have successfully plundered the treasure, but getting away with it would be the next challenge, right? Sure. So first off, they needed to decide as a crew where they would sail next. Mm-hmm. Um, and initially, they traveled to the, a French island near Madagascar named Bourbon, which was a safe haven for pirates. And that is where they divided up their loot and planned their next step. This mm-hmm. is like Ocean's Eleven crew, right? So time to separate the money, distribute it so no one can go get it. Yeah, um, well, they just split it up, so everyone has their share now, right? right. Um, as for Henry uh, and the rest of the pirates aboard the Fancy, so a few people stayed there, like, you know what, I'm good, I'm going to stay here, I have yeah. my share, I'm going to do fine. As for Henry and the rest of the pirates aboard the Fancy, they decided that the Bahamas would be the safest place for them. Right. Um, so in March 1696, the Fancy arrived in New Providence, the island that contains the Bohemian capital of Nassau. Mm-hmm. Big name here. Of course. Um, Every adopted the name at this point, Henry Bridgman, and convinced the governor, Nicholas Trott, that they were unlicensed slavers hiding from the East India Trading Company, right? And with the generous bribe, the story was enough to secure the pirate safe haven in Nassau at the oh, time. wow. Okay. It probably didn't hurt also that every ship was the most powerful vessel for hundreds of miles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the governor had the choice of either making a friend of Henry or an enemy. Right. And he was at his doorstep, so he's... Uh, yeah, asking him for help, and it's like, okay, yeah, sure. So, um, even so, when you're the target of the largest manhunt in the world, your cover doesn't last long. Yeah. Um, so, especially when your wealth mostly consisted of diamonds and foreign gold coins. Um, so, whenever his true identity was discovered, Trot had no other choice but to issue an arrest warrant for him to avoid making himself complicit in the escape. Right. Uh, so even so, the governor clearly was not a friend of the East India Trading Company. I mean, it's kind of a little bit yeah, right yeah. there. Um, or the British government. So he tipped off every that ships were on the way to arrest him. Ah. It's like, all right, hey, kid. But for I got to do this. I got to do this because but otherwise they're coming for you, They're man. coming for me. Yeah. yeah. So the captain uh, and most of his crew had time to escape with only a few men staying behind and ended up getting captured. Oh, uh, wow. And it seemed inevitable at this point that ever. Everywhere Henry went, someone would discover his true identity, um, and yet he seemingly did the impossible. Henry vanished. 
Nobody knows what ultimately happened to him, his crew, his ship, or his treasure. None of it? None of it. There's no evidence of any of that stuff being left behind Everything anywhere. Everything from this point on is pure hearsay really? and rumor. Allegedly, they tried to go to J- Jamaica, but the same thing happened. Um, and from there, the crew split into groups. Again, so like these guys were loyal to each other. Yeah. I mean, the people who at least continued on to be like, hey, I'm going to keep with Henry. We're going to keep trying to move around. Yeah. Um, at this point, supposedly, they split into groups, the crew. Um, some stayed behind in the Caribbean or Caribbean. Um, most traveled to North America. And the last group, which included Every himself, returned to England under assumed names. Right. This is, again, rumor and hearsay. But no one's for sure because he never gets caught. Um, wow. So the most complete um, account of this from, like, from this point on uh, is, again, given by Charles Johnson. Um, he okay. said that Henry Every first traveled to Boston intending to settle in the New World, but then changed his mind oh. and later sailed to Ireland. Um, from there, he needed a way of selling his portion without being discovered. So mm-hmm. he made an arrangement with some merchants in Bristol. but They ripped him off, supposedly, and stole most of his share of the treasure. Oh, wow. Um, Every couldn't do anything, of course, uh, because gonna go to? they threatened to expose his identity. Yeah. Um, and so he retired almost penniless to a town in Devon called no Bid- Bidford. That's the supposed account. Is that he, that he retired broke? Right. But again, my whole thing is, that, let me, there's like one more line I just want to go over, but the version of the yeah. story is more detailed than all of the other accounts that unless, unless Charles Johnson personally met Henry at some point, it's almost certain that this was a complete fabrication. Um, oh, yeah. So the reality is that we're never going to know actually what happened to him. Right. And again, if I'm, if I'm Henry Every and I'm the most wanted man, I'd probably start spreading some rumors that I got ripped off and I have no more treasure. You know? I mean, sure. if, I, if I was, I might start spilling beans like, hey guys, sorry, I got nothing left for you. But that's what shocked me the most was like, my first thought would be, okay, um, you're on the run. Everybody's after you. So what do you do? You start getting rid of the assets, right? Like that's the ballsiest thing you could do is one of his most powerful things to enforce anything that he wants to do is that ship. But if you sink that ship, get rid of all evidence. You sink, you know what I mean? Like you start. Change your name, get rid of the ship. And it looks like he moved around (laughs) quite a bit. So again, it's all speculation what happens after. But that is why he's the king of pirates. He never gets caught. He did it. Him and his crew. When Ocean's but 11, he also, some got caught, some didn't, yeah. and they, the rest got away. Yeah, I also assume that like the name came from him joining pirates, just like that, for that crew. Yeah. That he was the lead of captains, Yeah, basically. Yeah, he was. Um, he was the one who ultimately did it. it but there was uh, another little piece of information that, you know how I said, supposedly he sailed to Ireland? Mm-hmm. Well, again, Ireland supposedly... Um, caught some of his crew and immediately upon arrival immediately had them hanged and again he might have just bounced yeah you know like again when you're on your there's yeah, no uh, I mean obviously they had a tight knit group but you're running for your life at that point yeah and you're trying to get away to find to find some obscurity and if he if he somehow disappeared and again if he still had any of that money like jewels and that's uh, how you can keep people to shut up how do you carry that Huh? How I do don't you know. carry that much money with How you? did if, he get rid of it um without exposing himself everywhere he went? Because obviously they're gonna be like specific coins and like from another place. 
So you're going to have to, right, your first thought would be to somehow exchange it Which is for what? something more common. But how do you do that without immediately exposing who you are? Which is what the Charles Johnson and how is on the, about. The, like, right, like who you exchange that to, it doesn't come back to that person of like, where'd you get these? Yeah. Where'd you get these stolen? These are, these are stolen. You know what I mean? Like, who'd you get this from? Who'd you exchange this with? Well, it makes sense to me now, buried treasure. You know, right. It makes the most sense, right? You're not going to put it in a bank uh, if you're a pirate. You're not going to, more than likely, those things got robbed. But how, sure. are you, how are you using that gold then? Well, if anything, you might put, here's a little bit here in Nassau when I need to come back to Nassau or wherever I'm trying. And here's a little bit of gold. See, here's what I can take with me to this place. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. I can drop some off here and then you come back for it. I don't know. That would be my immediate thinking. But it makes sense. Um, yeah. But that is why he is the king of pirates. The biggest hit ever done. It's like, you know, you're hitting, you know, Ocean's Eleven. I'm going to reference it. The biggest yeah. hit ever done in, on, in a movie. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> yeah. the biggest hit ever done. You, you take the, the biggest amount of cash, and then it's trying to escape. And he did. So he became, what did he do? He became the ultimate pirate. That's pretty cool. You know? Thought that was a cool story. It is a cool story. I've never heard of this guy ever. Yeah. So that's why he's the king of, king of pirates. Nice. Um, that's all yeah. I got for you. Well, that's really good. That's the whole story. I like a good pirate story. Yeah. I figured it would fun to go back to um, yeah. something. Uh, I don't know that I wanted to get back to. I wanted to do, do another pirate one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I was shocked when you brought that up. Yeah. But yeah, I love, I love pirate stories just because it seems like such a fictional thing and the fact that they're real. Yeah. That there are real life stories of pirates, um, but yeah, that's crazy. Couldn't imagine being one. I know, I, I can't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Know. I don't think I could last months on a on the sea. To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, let's test it out. That would mentally, yeah, I could not do that. What about you guys, listeners? Wow, look at that breaking the fourth wall. There you we go. We just had a conversation. Now, what about you guys? Yeah. If you do, you think you could become a pirate? Like, do you, you think, think you, you have what it takes? It? <laughs> on a, we could do another scale. If you made it this far, you're incredible. And I would love to hear how how far up on the scale do you think you'd be of a pirate? Would you be like the crewmate? Let's put him around five. If you would, you just be able to make it as an average crewmate uh, on a pirate ship. Would you be a captain? That's full ten. You know. Yeah. And between a lot of confidence there, bro. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know what I'd be. I think uh, I, I think I'd be a seven because I'd want power. Really? Uh, well, that's what you want, but exactly. what would you be? I think I'd be a seven. I don't know, man. And then I I would eventually want to get to a ten. Well, God, the stuff you would have to do to get to a ten. I would Jeffrey. do Blackbeard stuff. I would intimidation, mental war games. But don't Blackbeard had to it. murder. Blackbeard had to kill people, man. <laughs> I don't. Okay, you know what? When you put it that way, make, <laughs> that makes it. What would you have to give? What was the Jason Bourne? Look what, <laughs> Look they, what make. they make you give. Yep. Love that line. Yeah, me too. <laughs> As he's movie. on top of the, the building, God. turns around to the other assassin. Man, when's the last time I saw those movies? <laughs> I would love to go over those movies again. I know, me too. God. Next, we should do it. I know we did the one on assassins, but it wasn't really. We should do something on spies. Yeah. And as newly found spy, like, this go 1900s and up. <laughs> well, there's lots of, like, yeah, spy networks throughout history that are, like, really cool. And There's a TV show, I think. What did I coat. just read? I just read something here recently about. A spy network was the only reason that uh, someone stayed alive, um, like a major ruler. God, huh. What was it? I read a whole article on it. Yeah, maybe that's a fine idea. But yeah, definitely. Well, thank you guys for listening. This has been Casual History. 
If you guys haven't, you guys can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at yes. Casual X History. Um, X marks the spot. Um, <laughs> and give us a tweet. Give us a follow. Just let us know what you're thinking, what you want to hear. Um, again, I did this one off of a suggestion I heard a couple weeks back from Jacob. He had a, a friend that said, hey, more pirates. And I was like, all right. All right, more, more pirates. pirates it is. Um, so, and again, we did Genghis Khan off yeah. of a suggestion. Yeah. I would love to know what you guys want to hear. Absolutely. Uh, we do the research. We tell the stories. We Hopefully you can gain something from it. Yeah. Um, all you guys have to do is take the hour. Definitely out reach day. out and let us know. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much. And thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us. Really appreciate it. Yeah. We're going to be back. I think we'll be able to get this cat, um, five minute history this Wednesday. For I sure. am moving this coming Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday. So if we don't, I apologize. We will keep you updated on our Twitter and Facebook. Yep. Um, we promise we're not going anywhere. We just uh, got a lot going on. So it feels hope you bad bear with when us. we miss two. But I know they're five minute versions. So I, know. I don't like we're giving we're doing the hour thing. So that yes. feels good. Yeah. Um, I know. But, and it's temporary. You know yeah. what I mean? This is only for a little bit. Yep. All for an upgrade, hopefully. That's right. So thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time on Casual History. <laughs> <laughs> All right.